This episode is the story of joining my very first garage band almost 20 years ago. You'll hear our old recordings and how I think they hold up today, plus how I thought playing music was the most important thing, but it's really about the friends and memories you make along the way. It's all coming up in just a minute. Welcome to the Royish Good Looks Podcast, episode number 31. My name is Roy, and thank you for joining me. This is the show where I talk about my journey as a musician and YouTuber and being a fan of nerdy stuff like Star Wars. If you'd like to help support this show and my music, consider joining my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Royish Good Looks. You'll get ad-free episodes of the show, bonus songs every month, plus Q&A, Ask Me Anything threads, and much more. Otherwise, just leave a like, comment, or a review wherever you're listening to the podcast. I would love to hear from you, and I appreciate all of the support. So thank you to my patrons, and thank you for listening today. And now, let's get into the show. Today, we're jumping in the punk rock time machine, and we're going back almost 20 years to around 2002, 2003, to when I joined my very first garage band long before I was Royish Good Looks. Every musician's got to start somewhere. So, this is that story. By this time, I had already been playing piano for a number of years. I was taking private lessons, learning to read music, playing all the classic cliche piano pieces, and I was playing trombone in the school band as well. I was 100% a band geek, but I was also playing guitar and bass outside of school, sort of teaching myself. I was learning to play by reading tablature online. I eventually started learning songs just by ear. I wasn't in a band of my own yet, but I wanted to be in a band because I was surrounded by a lot of local garage bands, including both of my older brothers, Rob and Russ. Yes, Rob, Russ, and Roy. Try not to get us confused. Rob and Russ played in a ska band together called Fallout Boys. No relation to Fallout Boy, the emo band. Total coincidence. And they would put on local shows and they recorded an EP of their songs. I would play it on repeat. I would go see them play live. Eventually, Russ joined another pop punk band called Third to None. They recorded a few EPs and a full length album. and actually went on to be pretty popular within our music scene. And as you probably know, I've sort of built a career through copying and stealing other people's great ideas, but it didn't start with auto-tune remixes or Star Wars parodies. 
it really started by just looking up to my brothers and their bands and the bands they were playing with in our area. I always thought that being in a band was just the coolest thing. There's a certain kind of status that comes along with it when everyone is buying tickets to your show, waiting in line to see you play, actually watching you perform live and then buying your CD at the merch table after the show or buying a t-shirt and then wearing it at the next show. What is not cool about that? Who wouldn't want to be in a band? So my brothers were doing it and of course, I wanted to do the same thing too. The tricky thing with starting a band is you have to have friends that play instruments and hopefully friends that share similar musical tastes as you as well. For me, I was a pretty shy kid and I don't remember talking to anybody about listening to Less Than Jake or MXPX or other sort of obscure bands that weren't really on the radio. I had maybe one or two jam sessions with friends in my grade, but they never turned into anything really serious. They were just kind of jam sessions in the pure sense of the word. We never formed any real bands of our own. Mostly, I would just jam at home, playing along to CDs and MP3s on the computer. I would pretend I was in a band, though. I'd literally turn off all the lights and rock out and put a show on in my bedroom, headbanging and jumping around. It was like at-home karaoke, but on the guitar and no audience, of course, just me. So I never had luck putting together my own band, but I was sort of training myself in these karaoke sessions, just learning tons of songs and getting comfortable playing the instrument and trying to look cool while doing it too. Randomly one day, Russ tells me that there's a band that needs a new lead guitar player and I should go to one of their practices and just see how it goes. He was friends with all the members, but I didn't really know any of them. And I was actually a few years younger than everyone else, too. I was still in middle school and they were all in high school. So it was a little intimidating, but Russ came along to hang out and support me. I'd never really played with an established band before and not even a full band at that. This was drums, bass, guitar, vocals. Every other jam session I ever had was just me and a drummer. So this was going to be like the real deal. I brought my hand-me-down Squire Stratocaster and a tiny Fender combo amp to play. I remember showing off the riff from Red Hot Chili Peppers' Can't Stop while I was setting my amp up. But I don't really remember being super social. I had a very narrow view of like, I'm just here to play music and that's all I've been waiting to do. So let's just plug in and make some noise. I think we tried playing a few cover songs, probably Green Day or Blink-182. 
and they taught me a few of their songs too. I have a ton of memories of like, here's how this part goes, and then we go into this part, and then we go back to this other part. We never used formal musical terms for anything. There was a lot of monkey see, monkey do, watch me play the riff, and then try to reverse engineer it. You start on this fret, and then go to this fret, that sort of thing. We even wrote a brand new song that day. The singer had some random lyrics, and we made up a chord progression. Actually, I think Russ may have written the chords and sort of directed the band, but we were writing a song together, and that was totally awesome. It was a way different experience than just playing along to an album at home. This song didn't exist five minutes ago, and we're still kind of making things up as we go, but it's brand new and it's our song. It was just so exciting and I was instantly hooked. I don't remember any official like, congratulations, you're in the band sort of moment. It wasn't quite as epic as you might have imagined it would have been in a movie or TV show, something like that. The whole jam session didn't really feel like an audition to begin with. It was more like, let's just see what happens. And we seem to hit it off. The rest, as they say, is history. The band was called Gone Ashley, and we played a mixture of pop rock, pop punk, punk rock kind of stuff. Think Green Day meets Eve Six meets Newfound Glory. It's kind of hard to describe exactly what we sounded like, but it was mostly upbeat happy-go-lucky kind of stuff. We had Jordan singing lead vocals. It's a long shot. It's a long shot. Seth playing bass. Jordan and Seth are brothers, which offered a very unique dynamic to the group, as you could imagine. Sue played drums and sang backup vocals. Rodney played rhythm guitar. And yours truly, a teenage Royish Good Looks, played lead guitar. We were a motley crew. Jordan was the oldest. I think he's about eight years older than me. And none of us were the same age. So we all had different musical tastes and different life experiences, but we all loved making music. And that's what brought us all together. And like most bands, it became sort of a second family. Obviously, we wanted to make music and play shows and maybe become rock stars one day. But the things I remember about Gone Ashley the most was really everything outside of the music. After every band practice or after every show, we'd go grab some food, go see a movie, play video games, just hang out and kick it. We had a lot of traditions, like literally every show we played, we'd go to Denny's afterwards. It's kind of funny to think about in retrospect, I just wanted to be in a group playing music 
I didn't really care about making friends or lasting memories or whatever. But we really weren't just a band. It evolved to be much more than that. Music was just the catalyst for meeting all these like-minded people. So that was really cool. I was also really lucky that I was the youngest member in the band and had such awesome role models. We weren't the kind of band that was doing drugs and being hooligans and raising hell. We did goof around a lot, but for the most part, I think it actually kept me out of trouble more than anything. It's what I devoted all of my energy to. I didn't care about school or getting good grades and studying. I cared about making music, and I was lucky to have that outlet for it. One of my favorite musicians and music producers, John Feldman, he always says that music saved his life. And I think for a lot of kids in bands, they can relate to that. Until I joined Gone Ashley, I was just a kid playing guitar alone at home. But through the band, I made so many more friends and had so many more experiences than I ever would have. And I really owe it to Russ for bringing me to that first practice. Like I said, I was a shy kid and I still am. I'm the kind of person that's like, man, I don't want to go to this social occasion because I'm anxious and I'm awkward and I'm going to say something stupid and yada, yada, yada. But amazing things happen when you do get out of your comfort zone, especially when you get to connect with new people that share your same interests, whether that's music or anything else. It's nice when you find your people, you know? I feel like podcasts are kind of the modern day garage band. When I was in high school, everybody had a garage band. It doesn't really seem like that's much of a thing nowadays, but of course, everyone has a podcast or a YouTube channel. We're still connecting with our people just in different ways. What a time to be alive. Gone Ashley went on to record two four-song EPs, like any photo album of your childhood. Looking back on these recordings is a little cringy. I mean, we're talking 15, 20 years ago. I definitely had the stereotypical lead guitarist syndrome. I'm pretty much soloing nonstop, just constantly riffing through every song, the verses, the choruses. definitely thought I was better than I was, and I liked to try and show off, even though I was kind of a shy kid, like the guitar sort of amplified my personality a little bit, I think. Like I was saying about being in a band, you sort of feel like you're a superhero a little bit when you crank the amp up and you throw the guitar on. But it's really funny to listen back on these songs. Some of them would definitely be better if I was just doing nothing or if I just toned it down a little bit. At the time, I was not really thinking about the song as a whole or the band as a unit. I was just thinking, hey, I'm the lead guitarist, so I got to play leads. I'm just going to do my thing. If you listen to 
any Royish Good Look songs, the lead parts are there, but they're kind of few and far between. It took me years to figure out what the most important part of a song is, and it's rarely the lead guitar. I suppose that's subjective, but hopefully you're telling a good story and you can sing along to the song, and everything else should support that story and not get in its way. And I feel like I was getting in the way a little bit. And not only that, but my performances on these recordings are not the best either. That's probably the thing that bugs me the most, actually. A lot of the parts were recorded in just one take, which I would never do today. I'd do take after take until I got it as close as possible, and then I'd fix it even more in post. But again, this was a long time ago before recording was really easy. So we didn't have a perfectly polished production like you might expect today, but it was very true to how we actually sounded as a band. And even though it's not perfect by my standards today, I still love that we have this era documented at all because everybody starts somewhere. And it's crazy to look back and see how far we've come and how much we've improved. The whole, it takes 20 years to become an overnight success story. It's totally true. Unfortunately, the band eventually faded out. Everyone grew up and went their separate ways sort of thing. It's just hard to keep a band together, especially the more members you have. Sue and I started a new band that was more emo and aggressive sounding. That was relatively short-lived. And after that, I would go on to start another band with my brother Russ, which will have to be a story for another podcast. So stay tuned for that one. But as for Gone Ashley, that was the first band to kick off the entire journey. I hope you enjoyed this trip through the punk rock time machine. And if you did, and you'd like to show your support for the show and my music, consider signing up for my Patreon page. Patrons get all sorts of cool perks, like ad-free episodes of the show, access to Q&A, Ask Me Anything threads every month. I'll send you unreleased bonus songs every month as well. I'm going to include some gems from Gone Ashley this month. And I've been working on a new version of Fallen Jedi Knights acoustic. So stay tuned for that. If you're a creative person yourself, I'll check out your art, music, podcast, whatever you make, and give you my personal feedback. And you can even get your name listed as a producer on new podcasts and videos. If any of that sounds good to you, sign up at patreon.com slash royishgoodlooks. Otherwise, give me a follow on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok at royishgoodlooks. Join our private Facebook group called Royish Good Looks. Leave a comment and share the show with someone you think would enjoy it. I really appreciate the help. I can't do it without you. So thank you for listening today, and I'll talk to you on the next episode. Take care.